Let's go, knuckle up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Snapcast. All right. We're back. Welcome back. It's been a fucking minute. Episode five in the building. Let's do this, Mr. Will. <laughs> All right, yeah. <clears throat> fucking. Man, we got a lot to go over. We've, it, there were so many cards the past couple weekends, man. I know, I know. It's been it's been crazy in the holidays. Everything going good for you, man? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's a good holiday. Good. All right. Um, well, let's just start at one on Prime Four. Um, did you get a chance to watch this? What'd you think? I did. Um, great card. I tried really hard not to miss the one on Prime cards. And, yeah, this one didn't disappoint. Um, you know, <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to shout out was uh, your boy Cosmo. <laughs> Getting the nasty elbow I victory, know. man. I know. It was nasty. I mean, there was some awesome fights, but that was, you know, that was just such an impressive finish. Yeah, no, I, I agree, too. Um, didn't look like it was, you know, um, much of an elbow from the clinch, just a... You know, straight vertical tap elbow mm-hmm. to the chin, and um, you know his opponent was putting on a pretty good scrap. He was, uh, yeah, he was you know, out, he was keeping up with him. a lot of volume. Um, mm-hmm. Just really, you know, making Cosmo stay on the defense the entire time. So I thought he looked good um, for the first couple of rounds that it was happening. But yeah, just nice right elbow in the clinch and put him down. And he wasn't getting back up. So uh, I was really happy to see that. Then I was a little surprised. Um, well, I was actually a lot of surprised when Cosmo was talking about retiring right after it. You know, it's crazy because I know he's been a champion in Lion Fight and he's had a whole career and, and like that. But at least for the Western audience, you know, a lot of us didn't take notice of him until the Northcutt fight. And right. now, and that was his last fight, his last, you know, MMA fight before, um, you know, the, the uh, one on Prime uh, four card mm-hmm. and um you know for him to be retired now i know he has a whole career but it's just like i don't know it would it would really be too bad to see that because i think that dude still has a lot left to offer but at the same time you know it's him it, he's the one who's putting his body on the line scrambling his brains for the fight so if he decides you know it's it's time to hang it up nobody gets to make that decision but the fighter themselves so right right and you, and you like to see him make that decision um, earlier rather than later in a lot of cases before they start racking up really nasty losses. The thing about it is like, and, th- and there's a couple of things. I mean, Cosmo, he's he's 40. Yeah, this so, is true. This so, is true. so there's he's that. He's no spring chicken. Right. But just, you know, the ability for a lot of these fighters to carry their power late into their career like that, it's such an equalizer. Like, you've always got a chance against a lot of these fighters when you've got power like that, and he does. No, you're right. You're right. Um... Yeah. Uh, also on the card, speaking of legends, um, Bibiano Fernandez, mm-hmm. um, I didn't think looked too bad. But, you know, the younger uh, Loman, just more game, able to keep that um, pressure, you know, for, for longer, just the stamina, all the stuff that comes with being the younger, more able fighter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think took it to him. So. Kind of a passing out of the guard there. Right, right. And that fight ended up being a catchweight fight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure who it was that was missing weight that wasn't going to make 
Wait, was it Bibiano? Do you know? I mean, was it? Um, I think so. Seems he, like that seems right. right. Yeah, because he's getting up in age. Yeah, harder to make that weight. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I you, I just think that's what took its toll. Like that just seemed to really slow him down in there. Yeah. Nope, you're right. And then we had uh, the main event. Um, thought it was pretty good for the middleweight title. Um, you know, um, Abasov versus Lee. Um, I thought um, at the beginning, um, Abasov was getting the better of Lee in the stand-up. Um, was really testing Lee's chin. He took a lot of punishment, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot, a lot of strikes. There were a couple times there where I was like, "Dang, they're gonna call it," but they somehow let him stay in there, even though he was clearly out on his feet. Um, you know, but uh, to his testament, he ended up. You know, getting making that uh, comeback and ended up winning by TKO. So, uh, and he was the smaller champion, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He was the welterweight champion. Came up, fought for the middleweight title. Mm-hmm. Abasov, who was the middleweight champion, didn't make weight. So it was Lee was getting to fight for the title, um, but Abasov couldn't get the title, couldn't retain the title, even right. if he won. And then he didn't win, and so. Now Lee's a two-time champion. Uh, Christian Lee, who is the brother of Angela Lee, who we seen fight. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, that. before oh, you remember. So yeah, so that whole family's like, oh, yeah, pretty crazy in yeah. the into fighting. So yeah. yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that this is one of those fights that was going to be really interesting if it made it to the scorecards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, just because you weren't sure how a lot of those judges were scoring those those first few rounds, but yeah, um, Abasov was really putting it on Christian Lee, and yeah, landed some great shots, and maybe he just. Maybe he just spent everything he had trying to put him away and couldn't, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good point. But, yeah, Christian was definitely able to turn it around and get the win. Um, a late fourth-round TKO, which is always impressive. Um, I did want to shout-out to Rod Tang Jitmon Young, the flyweight <laughs> Muay Thai champion, who put an absolute beat down on Joseph Lasiri. Yeah, yeah, no, you called it. You yeah, definitely called it. Dude, I mean, props to Joseph for even hanging in that fight for all five rounds, but I, I think it was like 50-43 yeah, all nah. the way around. Like, yeah, nah. I mean, Lasiri was like uh, trying to stay competitive, it seemed like, yeah. but he wasn't showing Rotang anything new, and Rotang was just like, at one point he was just letting Lasiri hit him. He was just yeah, like, fuck no, it. no, for sure. You know? No, he's so, just, um, he's yeah, so, uh, but he knew. He knew he didn't have to worry about his power. Yeah. You could tell. Um, he didn't have to worry about anything that he was bringing, and so, um, yeah. So I mean, just he looked dominating, and mm-hmm. you know, you had talked about that. That's kind of what a lot of people expected, and he didn't disappoint. Yeah. So no, he's he's a real fun fighter to watch. <clears throat> yeah. Don't miss those one championship cards that he's on it. So. No, exactly. Um, and then one also had their championship card that happened the night after. Um, pretty good card mm-hmm. um, all around. Um, the main event was for the featherweight championship. Uh, it was a split decision. Um, yeah, I mean, um, Shinya Yoki uh, fought on the card. He didn't do too good. The uh, guy that he fought. Um, oh, Saigid. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try that one. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Saigid. Is a Gaku Mayoff. Um, <laughs> yeah. He uh, yeah. 
he was claiming that he was going to retire Shinya Yoki, and I don't know if Shinya actually retired, but he took him out in the first round. He just overpowered him, and you know, it, it was a lot of the fight before that was uh, Sang versus Okami, and it was a lot of the same kind of thing where you have this, yep. you know, uh, legend, uh, veteran, um, whatever you want to call, um, longtime fighter, has established name, many, many years in the sport, you know, been through it, getting in there with a, with a younger fighter, and that durability just isn't there anymore, and it was the same that was a current theme, I think, of uh, quite a few different fights from this last weekend. But, mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as... I mean, right at the beginning of the fight, Aoki looked like he was coming out with pretty good striking for Aoki. Um, never really been known as a striker. And he was coming out throwing um, kicks and, uh, you know, straights and overhands and, you know, mixing it up. And he looked good. But as soon as he started getting hit, I mean, he just had to turtle up and they were letting him take punishment for a little bit. And then they stopped it. And so... Um, and it was the same sort of thing with Yushinokami. He was able to try to weather more of the fight um, than Aoki did, but it was the result was the same. It mm-hmm. just took a little bit longer, you know. So it, it did, and and I thought that was a really interesting game plan from Aoki because he never, like you, you never put Aoki and the word striker in the same sentence before. Like I, I, I you know, but whatever point he wanted to try and prove, you know, that's that's his prerogative for sure. But I feel like. You know, you watch MMA as long as we have. You just you start seeing these names that you've watched over the years, and eventually we get to this point where it's 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 tough to watch. I mean, what I mean, even before this, it was Frankie Edgar, there was mm-hmm. Cub Swanson, mm-hmm. now we've got Yushinokami, Shinya Yoki. Like mm-hmm. it's just the way it goes. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, you stay in. You know, there's there's no sport that is more physically demanding. And uh, you have to be able to perform at a higher level than MMA. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. As you get older, everything starts to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. You can't take punishment as much as you could anymore. You know, the bones and muscles, everything's weathered. Everything hurts. All those kinds of things. You've been through wars. Um, So you're just fighting time, you know, realistically. And so that's why we've talked about it before, having these older fighters fight each other where it's a little bit more even. But if they're not going to, then they really need to be fighting like almost like, you know, very inexperienced guys because then their experience, you know, I mean, can kind of weigh in a little bit more than you get them fighting these up and coming contenders, though, these guys that have, you know, already knocked off like, you know, more younger talent and are building their names. And it's just like you're just feeding them to them. You know, yeah. and, and when we talk about this all the time, this isn't anything new, but it's just like, I mean, if we're going to just feed them, if we're just going to feed the legends to the lions, then let's call it for what it is. But there, you know, it seems like there can be another way of doing it. And I always appreciate the fights where we do see some of the older guys fight the older guys because then they're able to, you know, either weather it, uh, the, the fight a little bit better. It's a little bit more competitive mm-hmm. or even if it's not, um, you know, like it's one old guy taking out another old guy. It's not a it's not a younger guy that's just demolishing, running over. You know, an, an older an right. older version, a faded older version of a fighter. Right, and for what reason? For the yeah. name on your resume, right? Yeah. When yeah. It, when in all reality, it doesn't mean that much because we all know where this person is in their career. Has been for years now. It, exactly. You know? Exactly. So yeah, it's literally just a sacrifice for the promotion, and yeah, I I don't. I don't see the upside on that. But. No, no. I'm, I mean, I'm with you. But 
we will visit that much <laughs> yeah. more in the future. Yeah. Um, like every like this almost everything gonna, else. This so. ain't gonna be the last time we talk about <laughs> like older fighters. Fed to lions, <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. Um, and then we had the UFC Fight Night card, not without its controversy. Uh, I know that you watched this. What were your, what were your thoughts about the card? About the controversy? What did you just think about it? A whole lot going on on this card. Um, I mean, I had even started watching it before I found out that the main event got canceled. Mm-hmm. Right. Derek Lewis had to go to the hospital. Was mm-hmm. bummed about that. Um, overall, though, the card the card was good. Fights, yeah. The fights were exciting. Yep. Um, some good finishes. Um, I, I was actually really impressed with that. Waldo Cortez Acosta. Okay. Um, Chase Sherman gave him all he could handle. Mm-hmm. You know, he was game that whole fight. But yep. um, but yeah, I mean, Waldo's a, a good up and coming heavyweight. Yep. I'm excited to see him. Yep. We called it. You know, that was kind of how we mm-hmm. saw the fight. You know. Um, yeah, no, I thought so too. I also thought that the fight before that, um, the Walter Ray fight, um, uh, Filio and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Solikov. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that uh, it was um, a really good fight too. We had talked about it before. Filio had been known up until his last fight as sort of a knockout artist. Um, you know, taking on this young Russian um, coming up and. Uh, he ended up knocking him out, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, the, the spinning back kick to the gut. I know. Yeah. And that wasn't the first one he had landed. He had landed that a few times in the fight. And yeah, it was taking its toll. And, you know, Fiala was game, but Solikov just had his number, you he, know? He did. He did. Yeah. He, I mean, it's one of those where you really see the superior fighter. Yeah. You know? And not to take anything away from Andre, but, uh, yeah, Muslim Solikov's the better fighter. Yeah. No, uh, performance of the night, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you the fight before that, uh, you know, fucking Jack Della, Danny Roberts, mm-hmm. um, which is a good fight, too. Um, I uh, was a little bit more hyped on Danny Roberts, um, thought that he was going to be able to um, Me too. pull it out. And, uh, you know, and Jack Della just came in there just guns blazing. Yep. I mean, like almost from the beginning, he was just onslaught, didn't stop, just kept it, you know, kept all the strikes right in his face and kept pushing Danny back and just... Ended up taking him out, so that was that was pretty amazing too. Yeah, his shots were splitting Danny's guard. He was he was hurting him, and I, and I almost threw money down on Danny just because he was such an underdog. And yeah, I had I had a lot of confidence. I was like Danny Roberts, he's an experienced guy, he's a decent fighter. Um, but Jack Della Madeline proved me wrong. Yeah. On that. No, I mean not maybe not necessarily, but he just couldn't keep up with the pressure that Jack Della. I mean, it was like Della didn't even you know have any kind of. Uh, reserve for anything he was like not a stamina not anything right. that danny was going to be able to bring to him i mean mm-hmm. from when they said go he just like got right in his face and just started unloading shots and i was just like jesus you know mm-hmm. so yep. yeah um no it was good um you know on the prelims uh jennifer maya versus uh yeah, marlena Burroughs. Right? we talked about that hey hey i'm just saying man i'm just saying okay we talked about it before i know that Moreau's definitely you know very superior submission artist jennifer maya though um you know also no slouch to the ground game um so i thought that she would be able to defend the submissions which she did um but she just you know uh was really able to show more of her game um, than what Moreau's had. And uh, I think for Moreau's strengths, usually she can catch people that aren't as mm-hmm. strong in the grappling mm-hmm. field. Uh, yeah, they're female fighters, but uh, yeah, Maya just took it to her. And, yeah, and Maya's been around, you know. Um, you know, she's fought in a lot of different organizations. You know, she's 
got a she's had a great career and it, it, this is a good learning experience for Moroz because mm-hmm. now she gets to take away from this fight things she needs to work on in case she runs into somebody else like Jennifer Maya but I, I was really impressed with Maya's performance in that fight yeah 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 no um before that, uh, Morales versus Miles Johns was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Tercios, your boy, picked up a victory. Uh, yeah. Not I'm, not the most, you know, um, you, that, show-stopping I performance. Know, know. But at the same time, fucking, that's the thing about Ricky Tercios. It's like, that dude has a fucking heart. And mm-hmm. if you don't take that dude out, like, yep. he's going to be there the whole fight. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, so I was watching that, and I was like, oh, man. like This is like every one of this dude's fights. Every one every, of this dude's fights, it's a fucking scrap. Every single one of them. Even watching him on the show. And, and that's why you didn't necessarily think he was going to win, because you're just like, man, you're too wild, you're too sloppy. Yep. But you're right. Because of his heart and his chin and his will and determination, he's so hard to put away. Nah, and, exactly. and if and if you're And if he's still in your face, you know, the last minute of the last round... You're really gonna have to start questioning how the judges are gonna score that war you just went through. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I know. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of the card. What'd you think about the main event? Uh, I, I mean, I, I thought it was awesome. I um, and Jack Wu is a guy that we need to be talking about more as yes. he moves up at 205. Um, Ewan's a decent fighter, um, but Kennedy and Jack Wu is starting to separate from from the pack. From the rest of them, you know no, hundred percent. And you know, with there's a lot of controversy with the two hundred five pound division, which we're going to get into yep. tonight. Um, a lot of clearing out that needs to happen, and hopefully some that will. But you know, right now we're in a transition phase. I feel like with two hundred five, where a lot of the older guard are kind of leaving, and the younger guard, we're trying to figure out who those next mm-hmm. like group, what that next group's going to look like, the mm-hmm. elite group. And I definitely think that, you know, Kennedy is up there. He's got to be one of the top. He's almost like the dark horse of, you know, of the division. Just like this dude that just, you know, really good striking, good power, um, well-rounded. And, you know, taking on somebody like Kudalabra, who's no slouch, wrestling, strong, yeah. all that. And he just fucking tooled him. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a nasty, that was a nasty finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, he put he put you one away, and you know Kennedy. We were talking about this earlier. Kennedy has some good wins over some other up and comers right now. That Carlos Oldberg, he's got a um, a TKO victory over. Yeah, who, and, who uh, we're big on another yeah. young prospect, but at the same time he's already got a dub over him. So. Right. Yeah. So that's so that's what I mean. Like this is the guy who's who's ready. Maybe he's not one or two because mm-hmm. of one or two would be John or Ankolaev or mm-hmm. other guys, but he's right there. Yeah, you know he's right there. Like yeah. his next fight should probably be. I'm trying to think, you know, like top five. Yeah, you know no, I mean? exactly. And it was really too bad. I was really looking forward to this Spivak uh, Lewis fight, at I least know. just to see how it played out. Um, I probably gave it, you know, 25% chance that Lewis was going to win by knockout. I still wanted to see the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, man, I guess what I had heard, I don't know if it was different from what you had heard, but what I had heard is that Lewis had suffered some sort of stomach issue. Um, like the night before, mm-hmm. and then they took him to the hospital in the morning, and I don't know about what happened at the hospital. Um, I know that, at least with weight cutting or something along those lines, that, remember, they outlawed IV, mm-hmm. and then if you ended up needing an IV, then they would end up having to cancel the fight. They didn't clarify exactly as to what happened, but he did end up having to go into the hospital um, before the card, and then they ended up trying to keep the they end up trying to keep the fight intact and they couldn't i don't know if it was a commission thing or what exactly it ended up being maybe it was a, a health thing but uh 
was too bad to see that. And, um, you know, and it sucked for uh, Spivak, too, you yep. know, because he was fucking this was his big shot up to the, you know, uh, exactly elite. Exactly. Division, this so. was his this was his name that he mm-hmm. was going to get. There was a good chance that he was going to, you know, take this fight again. You never count out Derek Lewis. Yeah, but exactly. Um, this was a winnable fight for Spivak. This gets his name out there yeah. up, up on the top guys. And and yeah, I haven't really heard an official statement on what exactly happened to Derek Lewis. But like you were saying, these a lot of these weight cuts, this drastic dehydration, there's liver failure, there's kidney failure, there's all sorts of things that happens to these fighters, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. And uh, I was just looking at the rankings. Uh, Spivak is number 12, and Lewis is number 7. Um, there's a lot See? of other people that are in between those two. Rosenstruck, Volkov, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of dudes. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just one of those things. I mean, he would have jumped from being in the top 15 to yeah. within the top 10. Exactly. You know? And, um, but that's to say that if he would have won. If he wouldn't have, if Lewis would have won, then Lewis would have solidified his place. And who knows what's going to happen going forward. But, um, yeah, just too bad for that kind of stuff. But that's the sport. What are you going to do? You know? Right. So. Um, yeah. Uh, but we also had Bellator uh, had a card. 288 um, was the final for the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Anderson versus Nemkov. So, uh I thought, you know, uh, Nemkov ended up winning by a unanimous decision. Um, I thought that, you know, there was no controversy to the decision. No. Um, oh, no. He looked good. Uh, since the, you know, win, they've been talking about, you know, um, other fight, other champions outside of the UFC fighting champions inside the UFC. And most of the time, you would favor the UFC champions over the other champions. Um Given that the light heavyweight division is kind of up in the air right now, it's kind of hard to say. But I think Nemkov would give anybody in the top ten of the UFC in the middleweight or the light heavyweight division, um, you know, uh, real problems. I, so. I absolutely agree. And as as much as I, I you know hate doing this MMA equivalency MMA math as they <laughs> call it, um, Corey has a lot of legit wins yeah. over a lot of top. UFC 205. No, no, right? he does. He does. Um, I think he's one and one with John Blahojevich, even. So uh, he got a decision over Jan, and then I think in the next fight, Jan knocked him out. You know, there's a lot of that 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 goes on, and no one has really separated themselves at, at 205, really, when you look at it. So I would agree. I think Nemkov has a great chance um, against any of the top five in the UFC. Um, Jiri, we'll talk about later, um, is the champ currently right now. And I like the style that he brings is a lot different than what anybody else has at 205 right now. That would be um, one of the hardest tasks, I think, for Nemkov is how just how unpredictable Jiri can be. I don't think I would favor necessarily Nemkov in the Yuri fight. I mean, if he could control Yuri, um, which is no you easy just, task yeah, you just, to do. Dude's like more wild than a goddamn coyote, you know? He, he, so, he I mean, he's just... He so I, I don't know about that, but definitely a lot of those other dudes. I mean, I'd like to see him. The thing is, is that he's just really well rounded and really strong, mm-hmm. and he gives you know somebody like Corey Anderson, whose style is really good for negating other people's strengths and kind of controlling and taking the fight to where he wants to and keeping the fight there. 
um, you know, he had a lot of problems. And Nemkov was able to kind of Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson, yeah. you know? Yep, exactly. And so that is just really eye-opening to me as far as being able to do that at the, that high level. Um, also, uh, Nurmagomedov uh, picked up another title. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not uh, yeah, not Habib, but uh, Usman, and uh, he beat Patricky uh, Pitbull Ferrari, right. Ferrari, right? The older brother. So, um, yeah, for the lightweight title, uh, unanimous decision. Um, yeah, pretty much a shutout. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, it was funny after that fight. Uh, there was this Habib had done this interview. Where he was talking about like, you know, now we have the lightweight champion in the UFC and we have the lightweight champion in Bellator, mm -hmm. you know, um, and uh, he's like, we're, you know, taking over and all that. And that's, um, I don't know, it's really interesting. It's really interesting, especially like Habib, who, you know, was the champion, um, had a couple defenses. And just that Dagestani wrestling group, um, you know, they're really making a surge now over the sport. And there's a lot of that talk as far as, you know, how will the sport deal with it? It reminds me of, you know, the early years of the sport when, like, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was, like, the dominating force. And fighters would come up against it, and then certain fighters would make their names, and then it ended up being something that, you know today isn't looked at as elite as it was at one time and so right. you kind of get that feel that this dagestani wrestling will ha it's having its day now and at some point the f the fight world is going to evolve past it but uh really interesting so you you do you see these waves right and and you're right like that first one was the gracie jiu-jitsu i think was, you know not long after that was like the brazilian shoot box team and then a little bit after that was like the NCAA Division All American wrestlers had their day, yep. and, and and yeah, and right now it does seem to be um, the Dagestani wrestlers are are coming to, to take over, and, yeah, and they're doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, so Bellator, not a bad card. Um, after that, the most recent of the cards that we had, um, which was just from this last weekend was uh the bellator pay-per-view um don't really understand the marketing behind them having a pay-per-view i mean i get it from the aspect of like all the titles are on the line they get the most viewership of the year during this the whole season you know is built for this final um but the thing is is that you know they they tried to make the card. They tried to take a lot of their fighters that they've acquired from other promotions that had high name value, put them on the card, even though a lot of them weren't going for the title and then have everybody fighting for the title to kind of overcaps overcap that. And I mean, it made sense, but when you're putting up a paywall for it, I mean, there's so much MMA on. I just, it seems like they kind of, would be cutting themselves short. I don't know what the numbers were that they did for the Bellator, but I guarantee you it isn't. They didn't have any more viewership and probably a lot less than if they had it on, you know, uh, ESPN plus or right. ESPN or whatever. So if, yeah, if, if you're Bellator, you really need to pay attention to what else is on to watch. If you're going to try and do a pay-per-view because you're right, there's other options. You mean PFL? 
I'm sorry, PFL, my bad. Um, <laughs> all these fight promotions. I know, I know. And they're all, like I said, it was a busy weekend. But but that's the thing. Like, you really have to be careful with that because if I've got the choice, as much as I like the names that are on the PFL, if if I've got Bare Knuckle Fighting or an Ultimate Fight Night on ESPN, guess what I'm going to watch? I'm not going to pay for a PFL pay-per-view. Exactly, you know? exactly. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't, I didn't know that I understood that either. I don't know that that benefited them in any way. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know I watched it. Um, didn't watch it live. Uh, watched it after the fact. Um, fights on demand. Shout out. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the main event was probably the most talked about. Um, you know, Larissa Pacheco getting the nod over Kayla Harrison. Um, these two had fought at least twice before uh, Kayla Harrison winning both of those. Um, one of them was during the season where she won, and then another one was during the finals of last year's. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally had it scored for Pacheco. It was really close. I think that at the end of some of those in-between rounds, she had done enough, Pacheco had done enough to, you know, overtake control or take the dominating position at the end of the round, and mm-hmm. it had been close the whole round, you know, going back and forth up until that point. So I think that there was, like two or three of those rounds that you ended up just kind of giving the nod to her. And then because of that, she ended up getting the nod overall, not the most like entertaining fight, but at the same time, I mean, hats off to her for getting the win over Kayla Harrison. Um, and at the same time, you know, uh, with PFL, um, they paid a lot of money to keep Kayla Harrison there. And so realistically, the only fight that we really have to see forward is, you know, Pacheco versus Harrison four. (laughs) So, <laughs> four or five yeah yeah so uh so yeah so um interesting yeah. still interesting but well, um, well that was kayla's first professional mma loss right yes yes yeah. exactly so, she is uh 15 and one right so. And, and so that was one of the interesting things that, that i took away from like all of these cards is like all the all the fighters i was more familiar with ended up losing to fighters i wasn't as familiar with right you know for the most part for the most part i mean uh 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 OAM. Oh, Olivier Albin Mercier. Yeah. Yeah. He was the favorite over Stevie Ray, both former UFC fighters. fighters. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, Mercier got the, Mm -hmm. got the, you know, win. Um, And uh, Aspen Ladd, who made her PFL debut on that same card against Julia Budd. She got the split decision. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so she got the split decision. I kind of, I kind of felt happy for her. It wasn't the most entertaining fight. Once again, it could have gone either way. It was really close. Um, but I kind of felt happy for her just because she's been under the gun with the weight cutting, with, so the, was... with the stuff with the coach, with right. getting cut from the UFC. I mean, there's just how much can you really put on a fighter, especially a young fighter, from that kind of like psychological aspect and then still expect them to believe and perform it you know, at their highest level, believe in themselves mm-hmm. at the highest level, perform at the highest level, you know? And yeah. so to see her get a win, even though it was close, I, I still feel happy for her. And it's not going to slow Julia Budd down at all. You know, Julia Budd's 16 and four, right. 16 and five. Now it's not going to slow her down. So, I mean, she'll, she still be a threat for the women's division, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, but I did feel like Aspen Ladd being released from the UFC had everything to do with her weight cut issues and not anything to do with her fight performance. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just the way it seemed to me. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad to see her picking up wins in PFL, and 
Especially for Julia Budd. That's a good name to have on your resume. The heavyweight championship fight, Delasia uh, versus Sheffield. Um, Delasia was the, you know, favorite. Um, looked like he was going to smash Sheffield, and he did. There was mm-hmm. no surprise there. Um, Bubba Jenkins, who's fought for a long time, and yeah. a lot of different fight promotions looked like this was going to be maybe his chance at a title, and he ended up losing. Um, he ended up getting TKO'd. Sai, uh, um, who's fought for a while now mm-hmm. in PFL, been like either always getting to the finals or just a name, the the Swedish striker. Mm-hmm. He ended up winning a uh, title. I thought the you know first fight of the pay per view, um, Akhmedov versus Wilkinson. I thought that was one of the best fights of the night, if not the best fight of the night. And uh, Wilkinson ended up getting the TKO for the light heavyweight championship. So pretty good card overall. Um, wouldn't yeah. have paid for it, but right, pretty good yeah, card. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, don't forget the Mariahs versus Mariahs. Right? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We talked about that, and it played out exactly how we talked about. Um, you know, Mariahs looked, Marlon looked really good in the beginning. Um, I remember at one point he had went for this overhand right and transitioned that overhand right to pick up. Uh, you know, uh, Shaman's leg as he went to kick and kind of used it as like a, you know, throw, mm-hmm. like, you know, yep. transitioned to overhand into picking up the leg and throwing him. And I thought that looked cool. Um, but yeah, as soon as he starts getting hit just a little bit, I mean, so it doesn't take much. The wind changes a little bit towards the direction of his chin and he's just going down, you know? It's, so it's so crazy the cliff that this guy has fallen off of because he came into the UFC as a champ. I mean, yeah. I mean, before when he fought in the PFL, he was yeah. fucking just storming through people, yeah. you know? Yeah, and he stormed through the first three or four guys that he fought in the UFC even, yeah. first round finishes. Yeah. And... Including the champion. Including, Remember when he fucking yep. starched fucking Aljamain and yep. fucking knocked him out? Dude. Beautiful head kick. Smoked him. <laughs> and and yeah, and, and now he can't buy a win. No. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean, it, it really is sad, but it just is a testament to what we talked about before, man. You know, at some point, your body just says... I've had enough, mm-hmm. and you can keep putting it through it, but it's not going <laughs> to yeah. get any better, yeah. you know? Um, it's just part of that, you know, uh, being human. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Stevens, longtime UFC vet, you know, um, got had his uh, PFL de- debut. He ended up getting submitted. Yeah. Didn't look like anything yeah. special. No. Uh, Glayson Tebow, um, you know, another longtime UFC vet, um, you know, fought uh magomed who i'm not sure exactly what the deal was with that i was pretty sure he won the title or maybe maybe uh, he lost like didn't get to the finals this year. i know that last year i know for the last couple years it's been magomedov versus ray cooper jr right, right. and they've been going back and forth mm-hmm. ray cooper jr had the knockout of him mm-hmm. like either last year or the year before that was fucking sick yeah um and so i was really surprised to see him on here and not in the title so i'm not exactly sure what happened with that but you know um he fought a <clears throat> a big glacian t-bow glacian t-bow is pretty big for the the lightweight division and uh you know didn't have anything for him just yeah. just you know too old for it and so uh pretty good card all the way around and uh yeah i'll be looking forward to the next season and see how it all shakes out when we get some of these other fighters back in here and get to see how this all plays out. But, um, yeah, thoughts overall. What, what do you think was your takeaway from the card, from the PFL? Uh, it, was, it was a good card. Um, I didn't get to see it live. I, I watched highlights. Um, but, yeah, uh, I agree with you on Fight of the Night. I thought there were a lot of really good performances on there. 
and and just a just a shout out to PFL. I like I like the the season format. I like the tournament style format. I agree. I like the the point style format. Like I, I like it. I like I like the way they I like the product that they that they provide their viewers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I also like that the show happened. Uh, it happened at Madison Square Garden, but the thing about Madison Square Garden is there's the garden. The right, big event, right. and then there's the smaller mm-hmm. event where they hold a smaller arena where they hold smaller events. Mm-hmm. But that of that area is classic because it has a lot of like, there's been a lot of old school, not just fights, um, professional wrestling um, have held events there, and it's really iconic to see events in that arena in that uh, in the smaller arena because they have um, this pattern of like lights and like almost like stars on the top of the ceiling so mm-hmm. whenever they're in there you can see that and that was iconic and that, that was cool to see that you know the hulu theater so um <laughs> yeah and they always no matter what whenever anybody does an event from the hulu theater they're live in madison square garden even though it's technically it, yeah, not the yeah, garden you know not so. the garden but you, yeah you're in the same general area i know i know um, and then we had uh, BKFC 33 from Omaha. Mm-hmm. Main event, Joey Beltron versus Houston Alexander. This was a rematch of a former UFC fight from years past. Uh, Cruiserweight headline main event. Um, pretty good fight. Both older veterans. Both been through it. Uh, Joey and uh, Beltron in the more recent history, has, you know, in the BKFC, a lot of wars. Houston has had a couple of fights now in the BKFC. He ended up, you know, getting the win over Beltron, stopped him. Mm-hmm. Good fight, though, you know? Yeah, um, good fight, entertaining. I know they're both, you know, a little bit older and past the prime, but that seems to mean a little bit less in BKFC than it does in um, other organizations. But, um, yeah, like you said, um, Houston got to take out a, a good name in BKFC, which is Beltran, and that should put him um, in a good position to start, you know, challenging the top. Top yeah. fighters of that division. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not exactly sure who their cruiserweight champion is. Maybe it's Tate. Um, but uh, you know, there's I wanna see them figure out that whole heavyweight division. I wanna see yep. Belcher get yep. his shot and yep. there's a lot of that that I wanna see. Uh, you know, big Ben Rothwell, see what he gets mm-hmm. shaken up in there. I'll be interested to see how that all plays out. So yep. that was the overview, and let's move on to the hot takes. All right, so hot take number one. Uh looks like Israel Adesanya was arrested for brass knucks following um, leaving for the UFC 281 event. Yeah, a little bit of... What do you um, think? You think he was, like, scared of Alex and he had your weapons? No, or what? not at all. No. No, I, I don't think this is as Hot big of a... I don't think this is as big of a deal as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, uh, you know, brass knuckles are illegal in New York. Uh, he tried mm. to board a plane with him, mm. and um, you're obviously not allowed to do that. So, um, but it's a bad look after losing the fight the way you the way you did. You know what I'm saying? To somebody who's already beat you twice before, right? But no, I don't think there's any correlation between. No, I don't that. think so either. <laughs> I don't think so either. He said that a fan gave him to him, even if not, if you had the chance to buy something that was novelty like brass knuckles oh, sure. and then bring them back to oh sure another part, of, you know, oh, to wherever. I've done so it, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would have done it too. So. Yeah. I don't think there's anything there, but it's still funny, you know, after he lost and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. he got caught with it. Um, Eddie Alvarez has been clamoring um, about wanting the third Michael Chandler match in the UFC. Eddie Alvarez, who fucking can't catch a break. The Underground King, big fan. Um, you know, 
should have beat Conor McGregor, let it get to his head. Oh, man. Let Conor catch him, mm-hmm. become two-time champion. Mm-hmm. Never did defend it. Um, and then he went to one when really nobody was, not nobody, but they didn't have as much of the... He, he was probably their biggest name at that time when he yeah, went over there. Yeah. yeah, he went over there with Demetrius Johnson right. and Sage Northcutt. He was part of that whole... Um, you know, UFC insurgents uh, to one, um, had some fights, won some, lost some, um, and then left one. You had a splitting of the contract or whatever, just mutual, uh, both parties mutually agreed to separate. And now one is like, you know, gaining resurgence with their prime cards. And, you know, they're, you know, one of the best, if not the best event MMA event that's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm more interested to see their cards than I am with a lot of the UFC cards Agreed. that happen. Agreed. Not all the UFC cards, okay? But right. a lot of them. Yeah. And, um, you know, and and now he wants the Mike, the third Michael Chandler fight. Both of them fought in Bellator. Both of them have a win apiece from the Bellator. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think about it? I, I mean, I like it. I'd, I'd watch it. Um, I know that. Well, I'd watch it too, but I, I'm, I'm going to watch the power slap. Okay, so I mean, I don't know about. You know, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I mean, I feel like we know why Eddie wants it, right? Because because yeah. of just the reasons you just said, like yeah. he hasn't caught a break. Um, we haven't seen Chandler win a whole lot of fights as interesting as they've been, and he's been competitive. But yeah, I, I think Eddie's seen the same things we're seeing. I, this might be the time to try and get back on top um, over Chandler. And plus, if he could do it in the UFC, I know he likes fighting in the UFC. I know that's a big platform. I know he'd love that. Um, the win-win for Eddie, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the platform really is what the UFC has to offer. Mm-hmm. Fighting somebody like Michael Chandler, who's an older fighter, once again, Eddie Alvarez, no spring chicken. I don't necessarily want to see him in there with a lot of the up-and-coming contenders. Not that he can't hold his own, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, um, I'd rather him, fight, rather him fight guys that are close to his tenure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'd like to see the third Michael Chandler fight. I don't think Michael Chandler really has anybody um on you know on deck to fight in the UFC so I'd like to see that and yeah I mean if Eddie came back into the UFC they could get him with I don't know probably like three or four fight contract and see how it see how that goes um yeah you know Chandler was also in the news with wanting to fight Masvidal um Mm -hmm. for the BMF title uh interesting gimmick um you know Masvidal turned down that and said that um can't be a quitter if you're gonna be uh you know a bmfer and uh that there are bmfers in the ufc but michael chandler isn't one um so i guess that kind of brings up another good question um do you think that uh jorge masvidal will ever defend that stupid gimmick belt yeah so for those of you that don't know there's been one fight in the entire history of the ufc for a belt that was created for baddest motherfucker. And I get that during that time, yes, Jorge was the hot commodity. Yeah. Right? 
Um, but he wasn't fighting necessarily the top five talent at welterweight. No. But he did kind of have that career resurgence when he moved up from uh, lightweight. So, you know, it was good. It was good for business. And then it was him and Diaz mm-hmm. for the best. And it was a great fight. He beat the living shit out of Diaz. I mean, he did, but it ended in controversial decision. We never got to get... You know, the clarification for it. <laughs> no, he hasn't right. defended it. Right. That's been years ago. But that's the thing. They had The Rock bring out that stupid right. fucking thing. Right. Look at that whole gimmick that happened. The I Rock know. brought out the belt and then was doing press. And he was like, I'm doing this movie about, you know, the Smashing Machine, Mark Kerr. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be playing in that. And blah, blah, what the fuck ever happened to that? Who fucking knows? Right. Um, and then, you know, movies get shelved. Not the big end of the deal. But then The Rock shows up at like one of these last UFC events uh, over the summer to sell these fucking the sh- ugly the shoes. ass shoes, I know, I know. and then like they had fighters that were like supposed to be promoting it, but the fighters weren't getting any money out of yeah. it, and like nah, it's a, just another problem. whole fiasco to that, and another dimension of all that, you yeah. know, on top of it. So I mean, I I don't know. I just I just think it's funny. And then you got Masvidal, who's not even you know technically fighting. He hasn't been he hasn't fought in a while, and right, when he did time. fight, he he lost. He got mm-hmm. knocked out, um, and all the rest of that. And so it's just like. I don't know. So, so to answer your original question, no, I do not think he okay. ever defends the okay. be- the BMF belt, and and uh, you know you 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 strip a normal champion if they don't fight for so long. But you would think for the the baddest motherfucker belt, you'd have to be like if you didn't fight every three months, you'd have to get that thing stripped from you. you know I what mean, I'm there like, should be some sort of special limitations on it, or like the fights that happen for it have to have something where like you know knees to a grounded opponent or allowed or something. There has yeah. to be something yeah. that's part of it, you yeah. know, that gives it a you know Absolutely. another dimension of why people want to tune in and see it. But the fact that they have this belt and they push this belt and they made this belt and then they've never done anything with it, yet fighters are still asking for it. I mean, the least that they should do, especially because Jorge hasn't won in a while and ha- doesn't have anything going on, is they should take people that are like, you know, really explosive like that, like even a Michael Chandler, and like put him in there just to be like, hey, if you're going to fight like balls of the wall, you can have this, we'll put this right. championship up, right. and you can just go nuts, and then if you win or if you lose or whatever else, at least there's another avenue there for fighters to exactly. make money and for them to, you know, gain another platform and the rest of it so that you can go that way if you want to. Exactly. I mean, let's make it an actual promotional tool besides just like this thing that sits around where Jorge gets to claim it all the time but then never gets to def- never has to defend it never has to prove anything and then it's like that one it's like a title that they made one time it's like back in the day when they used to have the UFC tournaments and they would have the you know one night tournament and whoever won would win that belt right. and you never seen it again exactly but like this is 2022 we don't even do the one night tournaments anymore it's just the fucking a gimmick belt so all right all right i'm calling it right now interim bmf belt yeah, exactly. That shit's so fucking stupid. I know. Um, speaking of fucking stupid, gambling.com re- reveals that, wouldn't you know, MMA fighters have a lot of fake followers on social media. Hmm. Go figure. I mean... Like this is the thing. They, it's all that the, the people have fake Twitter followers. People have fake Instagram followers. People have like like this is a thing you can do. Like yeah. there are fucking farms down in Welcome India. Welcome to twenty twenty two, people. Like this shit. I mean, do you think that you think it's just in MMA? You think it's just in sports? Do you no. think it's just? I mean, no. It's, dude, they've got fucking streamers that have fake followers. They've got yeah. fucking you know yes. people that are on TikTok with fake. Fo- yes. I mean. It's it's a gimmick. It's a fucking gimmick, and you and people are just eating it all off the plate. It's like it's not that hard to fucking 
make markers and create fake accounts and exactly. just spawn them. No, to this is like what I'm saying. Like there are there are literally farms down in Indonesia and some of the third world countries where this is what people do. Yeah. They sit at internet cafes. Yeah. And they create fake accounts for people that are asking so, them to create fake accounts. Exactly. And, the music industry now is ran off of these where they have these farms where they have all these electronics plugged in yeah. and artists pay to yeah. get their songs played over and over and over. Yep. And then you know, uh, marketing and other companies get behind these artists because they have all these listens and all these views and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. But it's all bullshit. It's it's all bullshit. And I what's, mean, what's so funny is how much of a status symbol this number is. I know. You know? I know. Like, man, I got so many fucking followers. Like, I'm... How many followers you got? Yeah. Well, like, I got more followers. First of all, I don't really fucking care. Yeah. Second of all, you really don't have that many no, followers. No, it's a fucking gimmick, people. <laughs> Come right? on. Like, give me the give me the real number. Tell me how many you're paying for, and then you know, we can talk about how many real followers you have. But again, I don't give a fuck about that shit, I know, man. I know, I don't know. It's just it's funny. It's all a work, and a lot of people buy into that shit, and I I think it's ridiculous. But whatever. So they've proved that a lot of fire f- fighters have fake followers. I think Israel Adesanya was like the number one fighter on there. Mm. Conor McGregor, and mm. I mean, it's just. Of course, of who course. The, I mean, who the fuck cares? So the the, fuck cares? the only thing that I I don't like about it is I know how the UFC does business, yeah. And those numbers give you the push, like Sugar Sean O'Malley, yeah. right? Like these these are the numbers that the UFC looks at because they translate that into views, yeah. Watching you fight, yeah. right? So if that's not correct, then the UFC is actually doing themselves a disservice because they put on a it is an Adesanya pay-per-view fight thinking they'll get so many buys based on his Instagram followers when they're not going to. I know. I know. Um, not necessarily. And then who knows though? Who knows? Maybe they do. Maybe the same farms that like, you know, plug in for a lot of their content also then get plugged in for their fights and they end up, I, I don't know. I don't give a shit. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't care about it. I think you, I think if you follow the numbers that they're very, it's very, uh, indecisive you know numbers can be up and down they can be all over the place you gotta you know follow the performances then the numbers dictate following after that and Mm -hmm. that gives you a good indication of what you're actually looking at and no in anything Mm -hmm. and so you know statistics can be made to be skewed one way or another the whole rest of it seems like a lot of people even forgot that from basic fucking you know stats class I, i don't know i don't know so it is what it is um Speaking of, it is what it is. Uh, there was a whole incident that happened over the last couple weeks. Um, we talked about Nate Diaz before. Nate Diaz got into it, ran into Dylan Dennis, mm-hmm. uh, slapped up somebody in Dylan Dennis's team. Within a week, Dylan Dennis got into it with uh, that internet YouTuber, uh, KSI. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> KSI, who's been training in boxing... <clears throat> had um an actual legitimate boxer with him and that dude and some other big dude put hands on dylan dennis they both hit him with some pretty good shots one in the front of the head the little boxer the smaller guy the actual boxer hit him with a flush right hand over the top and then a bigger dude hit him in the back of the head melee all over the place (laughs) gimmick is what it fucking reaps of to me um but now dylan dennis is gonna fight ksi um Diaz in a, in a boxing co- match. In a boxing match. Oh, I mean, who? Well for him. Yeah, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> Diaz, uh, you know, to come full circle with him. He today, uh, as we're you know the day that we recorded this, November 29th, ninth. Um, he is officially 
off of the UFC roster. Mm -hmm. He's able to pursue legally whatever he wants to. There's been speculation that he wants to fight three times next year. You know, we'll see what ends up happening with all that. Jake Paul needs an opponent. Um, I would love to see the Mayweather and Ryzen just because that seems like some total gimmick shit off the wall to just see happen. Um, I don't know. What do you think about I mean, that? that would be bananas. I mean, Diaz is so much taller and longer than than Mayweather. Mayweather, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is where this is where fighting's at right now. For better or for worse, you may not like it, but this is <laughs> this is exactly where it is. And um, and this is why a lot of these skirmishes, these backstage kerfuffles, this is why they happen, so that you can generate interest for a possible, you know, and, and Money again, fight. yeah, and again, yeah. going back to you know, followers and fake followers and shit, like it's all they, they want to see how much interest is generated by um, interactions like this to determine whether or not they can get people behind them to promote and put on a fight, right? True. True. Like the, this is this is where fighting is right now. And um I mean just from a a, a fan's point of view, I, I'm not going to watch a Dylan Dennis KSI fight. That's just me. I mean, I'm sure they don't care about my money, but um I I definitely don't think Dylan Dennis is taking a box is taking a win in a boxing match against KSI. I'm not saying KSI is a great boxer, but no. he's better than Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis is a is a grappler. He's a straight no. grappler. He's a pure grappler. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean it's weird because we get further away from the realm of combat sports and mm-hmm. more into the like WWE area, mm-hmm. but it's not in the professional wrestling realm. It's like it's the gimmick in the work area, but not straight to like professional wrestling, but still very much a part of those same things, you right. know? Um, interesting how that all works out. Um, you know, it's just a repeat over history. I mean, that's where professional wrestling came from, mm-hmm. right? Was uh, wrestling fighters, um, you know, uh, that would go around tough men that would go around, um, you know, with circus attractions and stuff and take on people in these other areas. And then they wanted to build champions so that everybody would have a name and know this guy's the baddest dude. So then they started choreographing it and it was, I mean, it's just whatever. So it all comes full circle. Um, but yeah, the thing about the whole KSI thing is that I don't watch it. You don't watch it, but there are people that do watch it, obviously, because they keep fucking making events. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who these people are. Maybe they're <laughs> younger people. Oh, probably. Man. I would. That's who I would assume. Oh, people that don't necessarily watch combat sports or watch boxing, but right. l- the same people. The, yeah. A lot of people that watch a lot of the YouTube streamers and a lot of that just sit around. You know, yeah. I don't know. So no, I mean, because you're right. Because they wouldn't do it if there wasn't a, d- a demand for it somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and even if a lot of the views are fucking faked. Uh, they're still making some kind of money off of it, so yep. somebody is paying attention, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know, um, unless they're just legitimately throwing money away, which they could be too. It's not my money. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't really care about the Dennis KS1 thing. I think that, um, to be completely honest with you, that, uh, you know, unless one of them ends up severely knocking the other one out, I don't think I'm going to see it. You know, right. I'm going to treat it like a lot of the Jake Paul fights, in, you know, in the earlier part of his career. I didn't watch him. I just right. didn't care. Right. And then it wasn't until he continually knocked people out. And then I was like, OK, maybe there's some legitimacy. And now it's to the point where when he's fighting, I mean, it's like he puts on he's he's getting himself into this area where it's getting harder for him to succeed because he has to like, 
you know, the stack, the odds against him have to continuously get stacked up. He's right. getting better, so the competition has to get better. Right. He, he, the only knock against him is it's not legitimate, so we have to get there. Mm-hmm. But he has to be able to still win, and so trying to find how he's going to make that work, and if he can make that work, that's interesting to me. Because I'm right. like, okay, now I see the complexities of different stuff that's going on. It's not a grappler that hasn't grappled or fought in MMA in years versus a YouTube boxer oh that sometimes wins and sometimes loses. Do you know, know what I'm saying? I know. To I me, mean, there's no there's no, no attraction. I don't even that. know why we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> we're combat sports podcast, for Christ's sake, man. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. But a lot of this stuff, so a lot of the stuff we end up talking about, we kind of go circles and circles over. This is, like you said, this is where we find ourselves in the right. in the world of, of fighting today, um, boxing, whatever you want to call, um, wherever part of that world that it's in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, so Paul got me by fighting former UFC fighters. Right. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what draws me in, yeah. right? Because these are people that I know have, have fought for a living. Yeah, know and, to be legitimate exactly. in one sport exactly. or another and the rest of it. And then to see them get, you know, put on the stretcher, you're like... I'm going to kind of pay attention to the next thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see what happens, I guess. Um, not necessarily with that, more of the Jake Paul thing, but whatever. We'll probably end up talking about it if something ends up happening. Speaking of talking about crazy shit, Joe Rogan um, on one of his podcasts has talked about how um, Alex Pereira is, quote-unquote, <laughs> sanctioned cheating, participating in <laughs> sanctioned cheating. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> says that... You know, um, Pereira is much too big for the division and that he cuts a super amount of weight to make it to 185 and that it's not fair in some aspects. <laughs> it's not fair. I mean, that's Fucking the whole rugged. point. No, that's I the know. whole point for the sanction <sighs> cheating, right? Is that yeah. it's not fair because it's because of his frame that he's able to cut that amount of weight and be in that. And it's before I put my two cents in, where, where do you what do you see on this? I mean, uh, Rogan's a very opinionated individual. This is the reason why he's one of the most listened to podcasts in the world. I right? agree. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've got a lot to say about this. Okay, so no, I do not agree that this was the same thing as sanction cheating. No, I do not agree that it's not fair. Yes, Alex Pereira is probably the largest 185 pounder in the UFC. Yeah, like all of these things can simultaneously be true, right? Yeah, uh, weight cutting is is so much a part of the sport. It's ha- I mean, you look at how many people miss weight every card in for every better, organization, yeah. right? It's it's ha- it's half of the fight. Half of the fight is the fight to make whatever weight you feel like you're going to be fighting yeah. at, right? Yeah. No, exactly. And so and I don't care if you make the weight. If you've made the weight, you're good. Yeah. You're solid. You, yeah. You've you've cleared every hurdle. Yeah. You've you know, you've gone by all the rules that all the sanctioning bodies have created for you. Yeah. And regardless of how you got there, as long as you didn't use any, you know, diuretics or any banned substances to get there. Performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you you did it and just because you can do it better than the other guys isn't any different than saying I can throw an overhand right better than all the other guys. Exactly. Like, is that is that not fair? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, know, the, no, I don't. I don't understand where we get into this. Like he can cut weight better than you can, so yeah. he's making the weight. Get him yeah. engaged and fight him. Like, no, no, you're right. I mean, there is something to be said as far as like is weight cutting. You know, is it a problem for the sport? That is something that can be said. And that's, is is uh, is it? Ta- does it take a lot out of the fighters? Maybe even more right. so than the fights they get into. That is another yep. good point. The uh, that you know. Um, 
But unfortunately, this is where the world we live in. Mm -hmm. There has been certain attempts by certain promotions to try to combat weight cutting um, for better or for worse. Um, But until we figure out how to fix that, this is where we're at. Yeah. And if you can cut the weight, then you can make that weight and you can find that weight. You know? I'm 1,000% behind you on that. The way weight cutting is dealt with in MMA and UFC especially, yes, totally different discussion. Yeah. Because, yes, all of your points are, are extremely valid, and it probably shouldn't be as big a part. People should be fighting it probably more than natural. And it would be better for them. It'd be better for the longevity of their careers. It'd be better for a lot of this. That's not the conversation that we're having right now, though. No, exactly. Because the problem with that is that if everybody agrees to do it for the betterment of everybody, I mean, that would fix the world. If we could all agree for the betterment <laughs> of everybody to, you know? Yeah. I mean, 100%. Yeah. But the thing is, is there's always got to be somebody that has to, you know, get over or find the advantage and exploit the advantage. And in combat sports, that's the whole idea of the sport. The whole idea is to find the little advantages you can to stack them up on your side to give you as much of a bigger advantage as you can make it to try to maximize your potential of winning. Because in this sport, at least in the Western world or, uh, you know, in a lot of promotions, you have to fight for half your check. You have yep. to win to get half exactly. of your fucking yep. fight purse. Yep. So yep. in order to get fully paid, you have to be able to figure out, you know, how to maximize your the possibility of you winning these fights. Yeah. And so if you can cut weight and get down to a smaller weight and balloon back up and it kills your body and takes it out of your liver and the rest of it, but you're able to do it and, you know, get to the top and win the title and make some money, then... That's a choice you make, you yeah. know? I, I mean, you're right. Things both can be positive, can both be true and false at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you know, with it. Um, but it's not sanctioned cheating. It's no different than when John Jones, you know, first came out. And a lot of people talked about how John Jones was cheating because he was so much taller and so much longer and he fought everybody at a range and, you know, he wasn't, you know, mixing it up. He was just able to make opponents fight him based on, you know, his overall physique and his physical abilities and the rest of that. I mean, it's not cheating. That's him being able to maximize his abilities against his opponents to help him to try to win fights. That's no different than what we talked about than a wrestler that learns how to, you know, that prevents the takedowns in order to keep the fight yeah. striking and, and go for the overhand punch versus somebody who's a better jujitsu expert to take it on the ground and put it where I mean, this is that's yeah, the sport. Right. You could make you could make that same argument with, with anything on there. It's like, well, you can't go on the ground with Damian Maya, it's just not fair. Well, you're right. It's probably not. He's yeah. that fucking good. That's so you not better the point. knock him out on the feet. Yeah, no, but that's, that's the, the whole thing. Th- like we have this certain set of rules, <laughs> yeah. and as, as long as you've gotten by those, everything else is fair game, right? Yeah. And that's exactly where we're at with with weight cutting right now. Like yep. he made the weight doesn't he, he doesn't matter how he got there. I mean, right. I, it does. Like I said, as long as he's not using any banned substances or anything like that. But he's he's making the weight. He's made the weight consistently. Mm-hmm. You just have to find figure out how to get in there and fight him and find a way to beat him. Yeah. And I mean, once again, we can get in, you know, not necessarily now, but there's the whole back and forth as far as with the drug uh, performance enhancing ability. Cause if they're already killing themselves and they want to take performance enhancing drugs and do it and everybody's going to do it, then <laughs> who the fuck cares? I don't know. Uh, anyways, um, you know, it's funny because now that Pereira has won the title, Hamzat sees that, 
there's a fast way for him to the middleweight title. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had a couple of fights now at middleweight, had some pretty good performances. He is trying to call out the champion. We just had Adesanya fight Pereira, longtime champion Adesanya. They're probably going to have to fight. You know, mm-hmm. we got uh, just as soon as we get one fighter to win a title and we think that there's going to be some clearing out of the division and we're going to get to see some new matchups and the rest of it. We got to get it. You know, there's like, oh, what if Hamzad gets involved and he jumps the line and gets gets in here because of his name? And then Pereira's like, you know, I don't want to fight him for the title, so I'll fight him at 205. And we get into this whole jumbled mess again. Plus, we got the rematch, another rematch that's on the table oh that can God. happen. Fucking I mean, rematches, dude. I know, I know. It's just, it's a fucking mess, you know? Um, then speaking of Hamzat, he also recently came out and said that, um, you know, he sees fighting from a ideological standpoint opposite of Nganu. Nganu is trying to maximize either his um, his the money that he makes in the UFC as the UFC heavyweight champion or his ability to fight outside to get mm. to have fights where he can make the kind of money that he believes he should as you know the leading promotions fighting champion of the world um and Hamza is you know basically come out and kind of towed the company line as far as well, you need to fight more. If mm-hmm. you get paid per, per fight, you need to fight more. There is something to be said for that. It's not, you know, an, an unsound uh, argument. Um, but realistically, I mean, it gets back to the whole thing that we've talked about over and over again to no end, which is you have these fighters that are supposed to be, you know, independent contractors, yet they can't fight outside the promotion. So they can't maximize their ability to make money and other avenues with the skills that mm-hmm. they have, especially at the top of the, you know, uh, the world. They have the top skills of the world, the yeah. biggest promotion. They can't take those skills and transition to make money anywhere else where they could make a lot of money. The top promotion in the world doesn't want to pay them the top amount of money. They're supposed to be independent contractors, which means that they get hired for independent jobs and then can take independent jobs other places, but they can't. But they're not employees because if they were employees, they could get health benefits. I mean, it gets into this whole fucking backwards ass thing. And then you got, you know, guys like Hamzat who come out and they're like, well, if you just fight more, you get more money. Yeah. If you just fucking bend over and take it, Mm -hmm. then you're going to fucking then you can be happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. And like, I'm not that's, you know, kind of a crude way of breaking it down. But it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's already hard enough to get, you know the sport to be seen as legitimate and we get past that. And now we're to the point where the UFC sells for billions of dollars. The fighters make no money off of that. They get all these promotional deals. The fighters make no money off of that. They sign these TV deals. The fighters make no money off of that. You're missing out on all this money. You right now, Hamzat just created like this persona. You've, you know, created um, this, you know, name now in the sport so you can maximize your earning potential. Why don't you just fight more and just not like try to maximize your potential just because there's more money there if you just keep fighting? I mean, it's the whole same argument. It's just like, do like, I, I don't know. This kind of thing drives me up a fucking wall because it takes all these different complexities of the sport and especially the UFC right now and where that is in 2022 and kind of tries to mull it down to being like, 
oh, it's just because fighters are fucking bitching about shit. It's just because fighters can't, you know, just because they're not doing what they're told to. And it's just like, have we learned nothing in, in since the sports since it's come into, you know, right. being? Have we, have we learned nothing? Like, seriously. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so a, a couple of things I see Com's not doing here. One, um, like you're saying, he he's created this persona. He wants to be um, seen a certain way. Um, and you know, smash everyone, you know, I'll fight multiple people in the same night at any time, anywhere. And that's not realistic. You know, that's not something he actually wants to do. And, and, and we've seen it. Like, he doesn't fight any more often than any other fighter. That's true. And, you know, to I just think that this is his MMO. He's like, I'm just going to call out everyone. I can call out, you know, the, the heavyweight champ. Why not? You know, I'll I'll do that. But... But these are yeah these are independent contractors that don't that don't even get to promote for themselves yeah you know you don't you don't get to sign deals and do product placement and yeah. stuff like that like any other athlete in the world in any other sport gets to do you yeah know what I'm saying yeah and you don't even get to really self promote for yourself unless you figure out avenues of self promotion that then benefit the UFC and then they okay it right and but even then it's not a you know it's just Whatever. And don't get me started on that super sweet crypto payout deal that they all got oh, recently. Oh man! Oh my gosh! I bet you they're making tons of money. At on the that. same time, with the whole crypt, with the whole crypto <laughs> thing like going out and all these like you know crypto, all that money like being lost in these mm-hmm. like different other sporting uh, athletes that did commercials now are getting sued, and it's just yeah, oh, well, crypto's God. tanking what anyway. A, what so. a, well, um, yeah. Well, and then there's the whole argument. There's the whole thing with that too, which is just the fact that like. A lot of these companies created their own cryptos. They're not actual cryptocurrencies. They're not a, you know, blockchain in effect of, uh, you know, being something that you can, you know, trans- you can, every transaction is marked. There's only an infinite enough of these coins that are out there, which then adds to their value. You have these companies that create their own crypto. So you have like actual crypto which there's like three or four of them and then you got all these other companies Mm -hmm. that are just creating this you know currency out of nowhere and calling it crypto and then that balloon pops and everybody's just like oh who would have thought oh i mean it's no 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 it's it's bad and i didn't mean to get off on a a tangent but the other thing that i see comms not doing is things we've seen a lot of other up-and-comers do a lot of these guys that they fight they're pretty active until they get the bell yeah and then the tune changes. And, and Gano, you know, was, did the same thing. He fought fairly regularly until he got the belt. Because what happens is all of a sudden you realize, okay, now I'm at the top. Now I have a lot to lose. Now I should yeah. really be compensated yeah. for... Now I get a chance to make pay-per-view points. I don't want to lose out on those. Right. Now exactly. I'm able to make actually a legitimate money. Now I'm able to actually have more leeway over my own self-promotion to be able to exactly. do what I need to do and do what I want to do. The UFC allows them to do exactly. more because the UFC makes more money off. I mean... It, well, and the UFC has to because now you're their champ. Like, that's yeah. what's giving you that leverage. And so... And and just me personally, I, I was really hoping that Ngannou would let his contract lapse and go somewhere else. That would leave the UFC in a position where, yeah, we have to have... Somebody fight for the belt, but nobody ever beat Ngannou, and he's yeah. gone off and do whatever. Like it delegitimizes the title, wh- whoever they have for the title at, at at heavyweight, and it and it could benefit the UFC in the long run because Ngannou could always come back if they ever offered him a, an amount of money, and then they could promote this champion versus champion thing. Like you know, I I, I don't. It, it never ceases to amaze me how short sighted 
the UFC can be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on one hand or the other, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and then speaking of all these legalities and all this, <laughs> you know, financial shit, um, this week we had uh, the GOAT, uh, uh, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> up, Artem Loboff. I love that. Uh, I love you that. You know, um, suing Conor McGregor now for uh-huh. 5% of his whiskey company. I guess he sold it. I, I don't fucking shortest, know. Shortest measured reach in the in the UFC ever. Artem Loboff. Artem Loboff, the goat. Little T-Rex arms, man. Little <laughs> T-Rex arms. Um, yeah, so this is over proper 12, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Okay. I, guess, I, guess, I guess McGregor sold either part or all of his you know, ownership that mm-hmm. was involved in it. And Artem felt like he should have got money that was, that was involved from it. Apparently he has a, you know, masters in uh, marketing and put together, according to him, a lot of this deal. Okay. Connor wanted to go, uh, with, get involved with vodka, with, uh, the big dude off of Game of Thrones. I forget who you know. What I'm talking the, about the mountain. The, yeah, the mountain. Gotcha. Um, the mountain offered Conor McGregor to get involved with him with this vodka business, mm-hmm. and McGregor went to Artem and was like, "Hey, I know you got this master's degree and this kind of stuff. What do you think about it?" And he was like, "What do you know about Irish whiskey?" This is all according to Artem. I don't right. know this to be true. Right, I'm just right. saying this is what he's filed as far as his uh, legal standing mm-hmm. to this five percent, and then. Um, Told him about Irish whiskey, went out, you know, found Irish whiskey company, did this deal with Conor McGregor, and then they started, you know, putting out all the proper 12 and stuff, which is, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of Irish whiskey, but it's not bad for being a cheap whiskey. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyways, that's the whole argument really in a nutshell. Um, I don't know. At least to me, it's like, I don't really care because there's a whole legal procedure that has to happen. If he can prove that what he's saying is true and that's legitimate, then he probably should have got taken care of. Um, but at the same time, it's not that, you know, him, if Artem wouldn't have been friends with Connor, I mean, his career would have been completely different. Right. Let's just be honest. You oh, know? he never would have gotten the UFC yeah, fight. Yeah, oh, or sure. the attention that he got to go oh, to BKFC sure. and the rest w- of that. He would you not know? be the GOAT. No, no exactly. Exactly. We no. wouldn't know who he is. Yep. Let's just be honest. Yep. You know, because the reason why we know who he is was because of him getting on the Ultimate Fighter, because of him winning when mm-hmm. he did, because of him being tied to all this controversy with Habib and Connor and that whole situation. I mean, this is what we know. So, you know, did he profit off of it? Yeah. Did he help McGregor? Maybe. Maybe that's McGregor's whole viewpoint of it. But at the same time, I don't understand. I mean, this then gets into a whole nother thing where, like, when you got as much money as McGregor does, I mean, why would you not, you know, take care of the people, especially if this is if it's legitimate that he helped him? Well, because we know who McGregor is, and that's totally not his speed. It's just (laughs) not something he does. We know that. And and you know, and I'm not, and I'm not a lawyer, right? Right. But even even if you can show that you were responsible for a lot of the marketing or whatever if there's not any legal documents that say you get a certain percentage or you're part owner even at 5% you know then you you really don't have a whole lot of ground to stand on so not every state has um intellectual mm-hmm. r- rights clauses mm-hmm. protections you know what i'm saying like where you can just say i was there at the moment this idea was conceived so therefore i'm guaranteed like without paperwork there aren't a lot of places that would be like well you might have been but guess what you should have done like yeah and i'm not exactly sure where the documents were filed 
Um, I know that at least here in the U.S., if you put in a lot of work to sh- to show to get something going, there's certain legitimacies like finders fees that gotcha. have to be tied into it. There's certain legal parts mm-hmm. that have to be acquired for when you're going through business and doing the rest of it. Sometimes it's, you know, with names on tax documents. Sometimes it's who did what and who gets paid what. And so it can get a little muddied. But the thing is, is like I said before, why I don't care is that this is a combat sports podcast and this whole thing is going to get figured out in the legal field of whether or not it, you know, makes sense. And so whatever with it. But at the same time, the reason why I wanted to bring it up here and talk about it is because you know, it kind of mirrors a lot of what we talked about before with, you know, um, fighters, self-promoting, mm-hmm. making a lot of money. Connor, who hasn't, you know, won a legitimate fight in years. The last fight he won was against Donald Cerrone, who was a at the end of his career, Donald Cerrone. You know, still to this day, Connor wants to come back and, um, you know, claim to get, you know, medical exemptions, which he probably will because the UFC, you know, do backwards deals like that with people like Brock Lesnar and whoever else they can get money off right, of. So right. they probably will. Um, not that his, you know, injury isn't legitimate. It definitely is. I mean, the dude broke his fucking leg. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is that it shows the different layers of the sport, of the self-promotion tool, of getting to the top of the, you know, uh, you know, pyramid, the money pyramid and Mm -hmm. what that looks like and trying to hold on to the top when your fighting can't and your physical ability can't and your will to maybe even fight can't anymore. Right. It gets into a lot of these same things that we talk about when we talk about fighter pay, when we talk about health insurance, when we talk about making sure that these guys that put their bodies on the line that, you know, lose their brain and their body functioning for our entertainment are taken care of, you know, especially at the highest level. Maybe not at every you know, small town show. But if we're talking like the champions of the world that are recognized as being the best of the best of the world, like agreed, they should be taken care of, you know? And so to me, it just goes to show the whole other side of it where, you know, even the people that are close to you, I mean, this is how this can end up. So it, it, it does. And I mean, just, just for clarification. So McGregor was not tested at all in 2022. That's true. Um, at all. So, the earliest, and this is just something I, I'm looking up right now because I was really intrigued as to how Usada was going to play this, mm-hmm. right? Because you're absolutely right; like they make some some backroom deals with the UFC that yeah. don't make any sense. Yeah. So, so the official statement is um, McGregor needs to be in the testing pool for six months before he can return to competition. So his earliest date for being able to compete would be August of 2023, mm-hmm. unless he gets that exemption. The USADA Director of Communications, Avari, um, Avari Walker, has stated he doesn't think it's applicable in this situation and not, not likely. So I just wanted to say that. So in a month, when, when you guys they, find yep, out that he's exactly. been given the exemption... We can all be like, oh, are you surprised now? Because nobody on this fucking side was, all right? Yeah. If they're going to let Brock Lesnar get in there and, and get juiced up out of his gills, fight Mark Hunt in a boring-ass fight, win... And then not fucking take care of it and Mark Hunt have these kind of clauses. They're going to let fucking McGregor get past the shit. He made way more money than Brock Lesnar did for him. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that Brock Lesnar is a prime example because this is a guy who was over in WWE and literally juicing like no other. Yeah. And yeah, no testing. No. At all. At all. Just was allowed to go in there and fight. Obviously, 
um, tested positive when he submitted his in competition test for before he tested positive after he tested yeah, positive. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah fucking red flag city. Yeah. So so yeah yeah you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You're you're you hit the nail on the head with that because that's exactly as soon as I. As soon as I had read the response that they were like, yeah, it's not likely, I'm like, even if they said no way, I wouldn't believe them. The fact that they said it's not likely means, yeah, it's going to fucking happen. Exactly. That's yep. what that means. Read yep. through, read in between the lines. Yeah. Um, yeah, but let's get back to actual combat sports. So okay. one of the biggest things that happened in the last couple of weeks since the last podcast is uh, the light heavyweight champion of the UFC, former light heavyweight champion, Yuri Prohaska vacated his belt uh supposedly he had a really bad shoulder injury mm -hmm. suffered in training for the uh 282 match with glover that was supposed to happen yep. um and you know yuri why i love yuri is because the dude even though he's his own character which there's a lot of those mm -hmm. in combat sports he is true to himself he believes in this warrior code he follows this warrior code and even when it goes south for him like this he you know vacates the belt doesn't want to tie up the division yep. wants to let the rest of the fighters play through and you know get their shot at the title and the rest of it and when he gets healed up he's going to come back and fight for it i mean in a in in a time where how many fighters have we seen either you know pull this kind of bullshit promo promotional shit to get title shots that are undeserved yep. win titles don't defend their fucking titles um the whole the list goes on and on mm. and on and on of just like you know levels of depravity and corruption around keeping the gold because the sport is like that because it's so nickel and dimey and you have to fight for half your check and and all the rest of it um to see somebody like Yuri who's about, you know, things that are more important than honor, things that are, you know, that mean more. Um, did I say than honor? Things that mean more than money, things right. that things that like make honor. more like honor, yeah. things that, you know, are that are things that, you know, are about the overall human character, about your overall human experience, not about just mm -hmm. marketing and this so, the social economic system that we're caught in right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we should really profile. That's the kind of stuff I think that we should talk about and commend because a lot of times, both in the sport and the system, bigger overarching, you know, mechanical uh, economic system would dictate that to be the opposite, would dictate that, would, right. would, would buckle down the division, which would, you know, prevent that and then more rematches and all the rest of that. You know, I just, yeah. I, I, I got to give hats off really to Yuri on this decision. I'm a big Yuri fan, really didn't want to see it um, happen that way, you know, with him losing the title. But things happen in the sport, and I, I don't think that there is a higher road one could have taken than to vacate the title, get feeling better, fix the injury, don't put it right. on yourself to get come back too early, come back when you're ready, yeah. and, and go for it. I, I absolutely agree. He believes in the purity of this sport in its truest form. And and he shows it in the way that he fights. And he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to show it outside of the ring. But here he is given an opportunity, and he didn't have to vacate his belt. The no. UFC wasn't going to force him to give up his belt. No. He could have hung on to it until he got better, and then there would have been interim belts and all this 
stuff. And um, and yeah, and this is a decision that that he made. I know. And that's that's exactly who he is. I know. And yeah, and I was so upset to hear about this injury because I really love watching this dude fight. Yeah, me too. And I hope of nothing but you know the best recovery, and I look forward to when he comes back. Mm-hmm. I know there was some more controversy around this. Glover, who was supposed to fight Yuri for the title, the former champion who was going for a rematch, he wanted to fight Jan. The UFC didn't want to match him up versus Jan. They thought it was too much of a stale match as far as, you know, whoever wins, nobody really cares. They wanted to see him fight Uncle Iev because Uncle Iev is younger and and presents more of a threat. Glover wanted more time. He didn't understand why the UFC didn't want to give him more time. The UFC has a big pay-per-view at the end of the year. They need somebody to fill that pay-per-view. 282 needs a big Yeah, and need, I mean, it was supposed to have, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to have another title fight that they were talking about, and then it didn't end up happening. And so that was the only title fight mm-hmm. that was really weighing the last card. Yep. And then they lost that. And so, you know, I, on one hand, you kind of want to feel bad for Glover because he kind of was the one that got the like shortest end of the stick in this mm-hmm. whole situation. But on the other hand, like, Dude, you're an older fighter. You got a title. You lost the title. You got a chance to get a rematch, which probably shouldn't have happened. I didn't think so. No, but you did get one, mm-hmm. and then that fighter couldn't make it, so then they got to do a rematch. I mean, you really are in a position where you have no option. You mm-hmm. either fight this young up-and-comer for the title, or you lose the chance of the title. And that's probably what's going to happen. No, it's what's it's what happened. Yeah. You know, he lost the chance for the title because he wasn't going to be ready to fight Uncle Iev at 282. So they're going to promote the Jan Uncle Iev fight for the new light heavyweight championship. And that won't even be an interim. You're right. That'll no. be the actual title. Yep. And uh, so we've talked about it before. Now that the title's on for the for the match, does it change your perception of the match itself? Uh, do I think either one of them will perform differently because it's for a belt now when it wasn't going to be before? Probably not. Um, Ankaliyev is a pretty um, solid fighter. Uh, he knows what he he knows what he needs to do. He's um, you know he he fights within himself. He doesn't overextend. I think his only loss is that submission from Paul Craig at like 459 in the mm. fifth, fourth round or third round or something oh, like that. Okay, okay, yeah, I like, remember that. Like, 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 he knows what he does. He knows how to keep the fight where he wants it. Um, I don't see him getting, you know, blinded by the lights. I think he knew he was going to be getting a title shot here, here soon. Now, Jan, this is good for him because ever since he lost his title, he's been wanting to get a title shot back, yeah, right? exactly. He, and he won a couple fights, which put him in a good position but then the Glover rematch happens. So that was going to make him have to wait longer. Yeah. He steps up to take the Ankalaya fight, who was arguably the toughest matchup for anybody at mm-hmm. 205 right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I think this benefits him the most because now he's actually in a spot to get his belt back. Yeah. And he doesn't have to fight the champ. He just has to fight Ankalaev. Yeah. I, and I say just has to fight Ankalaev. That's going to be a pretty tall order. I still yeah. think Ankalaev takes that fight. but Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that... It, I, in order to know of whether or not the title is going to change the perception of the fight, you have to know the fighters well enough to know if it's going to change their perception of the fight itself, mm-hmm. right? You're going at it from a perspective of, 
this is could be a number one title contenders matchup, and the champion's going to be on the belt. There is no champion. Now it's on you. All the eyes are on you. Jan's been there before. He didn't really do so hot the last time. Right. He could get a redemption. Uncle Ive hasn't been there before. Is that going to weigh on him or not? I don't know. Um, personally, I think that, you know, Jan having that experience, losing it before the title, I think that he is more likely to find comfort in this chaotic situation. Right. Um, and, uh, but at the end of the day, it's the skills that pay the bills. And, um, you know, given all things considered, I do think that Uncle Iev is still probably the favorite for that match. I'm gonna have to go with Jan though, just really? because, just because I don't know the psychological aspect of it, and I think that all things considered, I'm more comfortable. I feel Jan is more comfortable at that, and we'll have to see how it plays out. So, um, so yeah, it should be good. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think it'll be a good fight. Hopefully, it's not a, a boring fight, especially being like the anchor for 282 now. Yeah, yeah, and the new champion. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, it's a it's a classic. That's all we can ask for. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no way it's going to be as good as Jiri and Glover. Yeah. Like, um, another light heavyweight fight that was made recently was a uh, Jamal Hill versus Anthony Smith. Um, both these guys are towards the top of the division. Um, what do you what do you have any thoughts about about this? <clears throat> Anthony Smith's been around. He's fought basically everybody in the top ten, probably even top fifteen. Um, he's won some. He's lost some. Uh, Jamal, another guy who has a submission loss to Paul Craig. Just trying to give as many shout outs to Paul Craig as I can because <laughs> um, this dude just submits people. That's all he does. Or loses, but yeah, or loses. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I think um, I think this is uh, Jamal's time. I think he's I think he's coming up the right way. I think this is a good next step for him. I'm ready for him to be top ten, ready to see if he can um, compete with everyone else at top five, right? Which right now would be Glover, Jan, Ankalaev, and um, Yuri, obviously, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I'm ready. I think he has all the tools to be there. Uh, I'm excited to see this. I'm definitely picking him over Anthony Smith. Nothing against Anthony, but but Jamal's a talented dude. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so I'm looking at the rankings right now for light heavyweight. Anthony Smith is number five. Jamal Hill is number six. Um, the only people that are in front of them are number four, Alexander Rakic, number three, um, Ankolaev, number two, Young Blockowitz, and then number one, Glover Dejera. Rakic is four? Yeah. So um, We just named five people who are probably going to be doing a round robin for the title, yeah. and Rakic is ranked four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why but, are we not talking about him in any of these title scenarios then? Well, because you know the rankings aren't necessarily the end all be all. It's a promotional tool, but um, also to finish out at least the rest of the top ten of light heavyweight. You know, like I said, it's Anthony Smith at number five, Jamal Hill is number six, then number seven is Nikita Krylov, number eight is your boy Paul Craig, yep, yep. Um, nine Volkan Uzdemir, and then number ten Ryan Span. Um, I feel the same way with you that I think Jamal Hill has more ways to win the fight. Anthony Smith, longtime fighter, very tested. The thing about Anthony Smith is like some of these other fighters, like a Donald Cerrone or whoever else, they're really they're pretty good at overall through their career. Mm-hmm. Once it gets towards a title or it's you know a, a big big deal fight. Mm-hmm. 
pressure sometimes can get to some of these fighters, yeah. you know? And um, I think that we've seen that before with Anthony Smith when he fought John Jones. Yeah. I think that he kind of shut down halfway through that fight and yeah. just kind of skated through it, just getting beat up yeah. a lot. Um, he's done that before, though, when he fought Glover DeGera. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and so there in lies that you have both these guys with a lot of skill, both these guys that are pretty proven. I think Jamal Hill has... Um, I have more confidence in him being able to perform at this high level, especially now that because with the way that it is with Yuri gone, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Glover. But I mean, it's really like if you're in the top 10, like it can be anybody that yep. could end up getting shaken out in this whole mm-hmm. division for who's going to get the next title shot or how it's all going to work out. Um, and so all those things considered, um, Jamal Hill's younger and, uh, I just think that he has more ways of winning the fight, so I'm gonna. I would also favor Jamal Hill in that. Um, but another fight, a great scrap that was made is Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. I just, I really think that this is gonna be a great combat sports fight all the way around. Um, maybe not the most entertaining, um, but you got both these dudes that you know the ground game, um, the stand up. Pretty good stand-up. I was impressed with Neil Magny in his last fight, how he was able to weather a lot of those heavy shots to get the fight where he needed it. Uh, Gilbert Burns really surprised with his uh, development and his striking. You know, in the I thought the Hamzat fight showed a lot of his overall skill. Mm -hmm. Um, Then Gilbert Burns is probably one of the most decorated jiu-jitsu practitioners yes neil magny one of the most you know uh at taking fighters down controlling them on the ground getting that fight there and then went and then being able to exploit them there that's his whole game plan that's what he's done his whole career so to me i see a lot of mirror images but not the exact same not they're not completely similar but they're similar in a lot of those same areas just in different ways and i'm really interested interested to see how it all plays out so i'm really excited for that fight <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you really did a good job of selling me on that. Um, because when I first saw this matchup, I really felt like um, Burns was fighting a little bit below his um, his his stature. And you got the rankings. Like, 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 let's check it out. What's what's Magni ranked at? Like, right? Um. Okay. So welterweight. Yeah. Gilbert Burns is number five. Oh, Neil Magny's number twelve. Okay, see, that's I feel like that's a really huge gap. And and so props to Burns for taking a fight like Bagney, who's a tough out, who's a very difficult fighter to beat, and that doesn't really get you anywhere because no. he's so far ranked below you. No, right? no, but here's the thing about Gilbert Burns. He called out a lot of the guys that are up in front of him. That's true. Um, you know, he wanted to fight Hamzat again. He wanted to fight Colby. He wanted to fight Masvidal. He wanted to fight... True. A lot, not that Masvidal's ahead of him. Uh, Masvidal is ranked number eleven now, but he wanted a lot of these other fights, and a lot of people didn't want to fight him. You know, That's true. Um, you know, Bilal Muhammad has really made a resurgence in that division. I'm really interested to see where he falls out now that Leon Edwards is the new champion. That'll be interesting. But Gilbert Burns is a hard matchup for a lot of fighters, so he wanted a lot of fights. Nobody was really taking it. Neil Magny's game. He's never, you know, stepped back from a fight, stepped away from one, um, turned one down. So it ended up working out. I mean, in the rest of that division, we also have, you know, the fight this weekend, uh, Stephen Thompson. He's number six in there. Um, 
his opponent isn't even isn't in the rankings. Not top so, 15 anyway, no. yeah. Um, but Jeff Neal, um, you know, Sean Brady just lost. Vincent Luque. Um, right. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, right. definitely up and comer. So yeah. within the top 10, we have quite a few other people. And then I talked about Masvidal and Magni um, below that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That's what that's what excited me about the fight, though, is that I knew that Burns had been calling out a lot of people. It's hard for him to find a fight. And then he gets one like Magni against the dude who is just a scrapper. He's not great, you know, overall as a fighter. He doesn't have, like, you know awesome striking or tremendous you know uh, grapple ability i mean his grappling is really good but it's not necessarily he kind of puts it all together better than a lot of other fighters and so and the fact that he doesn't turn down fights and he's gonna fight somebody like gilbert burns who's a fucking problem i mean that's what i love about the sport it's that kind of intrigue where you don't know how it's gonna completely match up we're gonna get the two in there and see how it works out and who knows i mean if magni ended up you know, catching Burns in a submission, which would be fucking mind blowing. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, what? How crazy would that be? You know, so it's just I, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I guess it's just because I like Burns so much more than than Magni that yeah. they would that be a rough pill for me to swallow because I want Burns to hang out near that top five. I wanted Muhammad. Ver- I wanted Bilal Ver- Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns is what I wanted. Me too. Me too. I mean, that should be the number one contender fight. Right. That should be, I mean, yeah, both exactly. those guys have done nothing but prove themselves yep. over and over and over again. That's That That would be my top two. Yep. 100% with yep. you. A lot of times, though, it's hard because you know, we have the fighters that we like or that we care about maybe more than other fighters and it's hard to watch those transitions because sometimes they win those fights you feel like they should and they don't and the rest of it so i really try to separate it as much as i can but (laughs) um it's not easy so that that'll be a good fight so yeah that's the end of the spotlight fights let's uh move on to the preview for this weekend so what do you think there's a lot of fights this weekend where do you want to start um, you know, well, one on Prime Five. I'm a sucker for these one cards. Me too. Me um, too. And I, I just I don't feel like we can talk too little about them. Now, uh, now this one isn't going to have as many um, Muay Thai fights or kickboxing fights as the past one on Prime card fights, and I'm a little bummed out about that. No, that's true. It does have three titles. It does have three titles. Um, the light heavyweight, um, the submission grappling title is going to be up for grabs. So that'll be fun. <laughs> and then the women's uh, Muay Thai, which I do think that'll be a really good fight. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, Renier de Ritter uh, defending his belt against Anatoly uh, Malikin. Yep. Um yeah, heavyweight uh, championship. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's. I think that's going to be a great fight. I, I like Renier De Ritter. Um, yeah. I'm putting my money on him, but I think that's going to be an awesome fight. So yeah, so it's for the heavyweight championship, but I thought it was light heavyweight. No, no? so it's for the heavyweight championship, but De Ritter is the light heavyweight he, champion. Okay, that's okay. it's one. God, it's they how do one. This a I know, lot, man. but that's because they're having all these cards and they're getting you know their name out there. So they're literally taking their champions and having them fight other champions because they got so many champions. But then when we watch it, that's why we get even more captivated because you're like, wait a minute, what title's online? So it's this dude's title, but he already holds a title? You're like, holy shit. You know? So, yeah. They, they want everyone to be double champ, triple champ. Yeah. Well, they got <laughs> enough belts for it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But no, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see all those fights like you said before. And then the rest of the card, you know, there's a lot of fighters that I don't necessarily know. But man, the one has done such a good job of matchmaking finding these other fighters, uh, giving them a stage to, you know, showcase mm-hmm. their skills on. To me, it's like 
you know, the, you know, opening presents. Like, yeah, they may be shitty, but, you know, they're probably going to be pretty good. I mean, let's just be honest. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to miss it. Um, no. They've, they've, they've won me over. I've, they deserve the benefit of the doubt, even if I don't know some of these names, that they're going to be good fights and they're going to put on a good card. Um, I, I read something that the, what would be called the prelims, they're calling the lead card, is going to be on YouTube. Okay. So, I mean, it may not be on one if um, if you're one of those hardcore MMA on Prime. Watches, uh, like we are. It might not be on Prime. It's probably going to be on YouTube. If you want to catch the early fights, they'll be on YouTube. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, or they could do them on both. I mean, we'll have to see how it happens. But, yeah, the fact that they're going to have something on YouTube, I think, is just better for m- more eyes. You know, watch. BKFC does the same thing with their prelims. They put all their prelims on uh, YouTube to get people interested in the card and who's yep. going to fight and all the rest of it. And then, you know, it just leads right into the main card. So yep. I like I like it. Um, one, once again, man, they're also they also Two have cards, a fucking man. I know, dude. These motherfuckers. <laughs> so they have one championship, one sixty four is the night after one on prime five. I mean, this is like fucking deja vu from two weeks ago. Yep. Literally exactly. one on prime four, one and then the next night one championship, one sixty three. Uh, you know, this weekend one on Prime Five. The next night, one championship, one sixty four. Um, what's really awesome about watching these two cards, um, one after another, is that you're able. I was able to pick out the differences between these two because even though they're both one products, they are different. Gotcha. The one on Prime, um, I like the way that they showcase and present the card and the fights. I think they do a really good job of taking the certain aspects of, um, you know, Asian MMA and bringing it to the Western audience. I think that that's done really well. But what I really love about the one championship cards versus the prime is that on the commentating team, they have like Michael, the voice Chevello to be able to call really good color. And I think that that's something that I really wish was on, you know, that they, I wish that they had him on one prime. I think it would further add to it. But at the same time, it gives somebody like me, who's going to watch both cards, something to look forward to. Right. Because I'm going to get to love the one on Prime card, think they do a great job, and then I'll be able to watch the 164 card and and you know see my boy and see um, the rest of that that happens. Because on that one card, they have the one flyweight championship is going to be on the line. Um, looks like they're having a, a, okay. a tournament that's okay. on there, or the ending of a tournament that's so, on there. So... Okay, so you're talking about uh, Pacquiao, pa- Pacquiao? Yeah, the okay. main event, Pacquiao versus Brooks. B- b- okay, and so, again, b- b- I-, I need clarification on mm-hmm. who holds a- who holds a belt and what belt are they fighting for because... Yeah, so to me what it looks like is it's for the flyweight championship. It looks like Pacquiao is the champion. The and strawweight Brooks- champion? Amina says he's the flyweight. Okay. So... Okay. Yeah, so I mean, but he could be. He could hold the strawweight championship I too. I mean, <laughs> don't fucking. I'm. I'll fucking know. I'm just saying. Right. Um, what are you seeing over there? So no, I mean, it just says uh, it says the weight class being fought in is going to be strawweight. Okay. Um, and it does say that uh, you know Joshua does hold the belt, but again, because of the way one structures a lot of these these fights, it's. It's tough to know for Not sure, so I was just tell. trying to get exactly. um, a little bit of clarification. Um, exactly. I'm super stoked for uh, the Superlek flyweight Muay Thai fight. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, exactly. Super- the co-main event? Yeah. Yeah, me too. That yeah. looks like, like I said, it looks like it's part of some sort of finals to a tournament or some part of a tournament. The, they have the kind of bracket set up for it. 
So those always have been really good for paying off, you know, the Muay Thai tournament style fights. Um, Brandon Vero, long time I know. UFC veteran. I'll be so stoked he's, to see him fight. Yeah, he's been fighting in, yeah. in one for years now. He's had, you know, great fights, won some, you know, lost a couple. Um, he's going to fight um Alec Bari that looks yep. like a great fight yep. um you know there's a lot of other fights on the card too um once again it's like I don't know when I get done watching these cards who I'm gonna be the most excited to see at on the card and who I'm gonna be looking forward to at the next card exactly I mean so right away it looks like a great card both of them we'll have to watch and find out hopefully y'all will join us um yeah, yep, so I'll, I'll be there. Great, great one cards. Uh, we also have the UFC though. The UFC has a fight night. Um, UFC on ESPN forty two. Uh, it's going to be Saturday night main event. Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. We talked a little bit about that before. Stephen Holland, uh, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Holland. <laughs> Stephen Thompson is ranked number six in the welterweight division. Kevin Holland doesn't have a, a ranking. Um, I'm really interested for the co-main event, Barbarina versus Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos ranked number seven. Barbarina, fucking just just money in the bank. Just, I mean, since the Robbie Lawler fight, you know, even before that, yeah. he's been, you know, really good. He he was one of the people that tooled Sage Northcutt and fucking, yeah. you know, Sage Northcutt yeah. lost out. I mean, he's... He's he, a tough dude, he's, man. He's, he's, he's a tough go. Mm-hmm. And, and if you end up having to fight him, it's not going to be an easy night. And the fact that he gets to fight... A former champ like Rafael dos Santos. I mean, this is a big fight for him. Even in those fights I've seen where he's lost, he's hurt his opponent. Like you know, they don't come out of there clean. Like you're gonna get hurt fighting Brian Barberina. True. And this is you know, and, and I think him being the bigger man in the Rafael dos Santos fight. I know Rafael dos Santos technically probably has a more well-rounded skill set. I I don't think he's coming out with a win in that fight. I, I think he's gonna get hurt. I think he's gonna get bloody. And I think it's going to be a close decision, but I think Brian's taking it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know if Dos Anjos, does he have the ability? Of course. But to take on a younger, strong, mm-hmm. fucking surging Brian Barberina right now, probably the worst time. Yep. You know, especially being the older, uh, you know, um, veteran and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely favor Barberina in that fight, too. Um, you have any thoughts about the main event? Your boy, Wonder Boy, what do you think? I mean, on, on paper, this should be an easy fight for Stephen Thompson, right? I mean, he's the decorated striker. He's perennial top five welterweight for years now. Yeah. And Kevin Holland's not ranked, lost his last fight. I, I don't know. Like I said, on, on paper, the way it looks, this should be a win and maybe even a knockout with like a head kick could for be. Wonder Boy. It could However, be. However... One Stephen Thompson's been around forever. Holland is young. Um, I don't know. Then there's the whole thing with Holland like semi-retiring and then coming back. Yeah. What kind of frame of mind is he in? Yeah. No, that's a good question. The thing about Holland that I'm always really interested in uh, through his career is that you can't fucking pigeonhole the dude. True. You know, from when True. he came out in the Contender Series, and even though he didn't win, he was fucking you know, scrappy, and then he fought, you know, ended up, you know, winning some fights or whatever and ended up fighting um, Jacare and fucking right. knocked out Jacare. Yep. from his and, back. Yeah, and nobody, I didn't yep. see that fucking coming. So as much as I would definitely favor Thompson, it's like, 
you just never know which Holland's going to show up. You know, it kind of reminds me of like Charles Crazy Horse Bennett, where it's like more than likely he's going to lose this fight. But if he fucking comes in there and fucking throws some crazy shit, like who knows? Well, and you know, we saw um, we saw Pettis. Yeah. Knock out Wonder Boy. It can yeah. be done. Oh, yeah. 100%. It can be done. Yeah. And and Holland's rangy. He's mm-hmm. str- he's strong. Yeah. It, it can be done. Yeah. It, it can be done. Like yeah. I said, it's just, it's one of those that on the surface, if you don't know much about either fight and you're looking at it, you're like, well, this should be, should be an easy win for Thompson, right? Yeah. But, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And then there's a lot of good fights on the rest of the card. Um, you know. One of the fights that I'm really interested in is the Taitui Vasa, Sergei Pavlich. I think that's a great heavyweight fight. That Me should too. be that's gonna be a banger. Fucking dude. entertaining. A banger. Yep. It's gonna be a fucking banger. Nah, they're gonna be beating the ever loving um, shit out of each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you think about the rest of the card? Um, okay, so Roman Deleeds, I'm happy. Uh he's on the card. Really like watching this guy fight. Um, he managed to get two finishes in the same fight against Phil Haas the last, last time that's out true. about a month ago. Yep. Um, so he's a late notice replacement. He's replacing Derek Brunson, fighting Jack Hermanson. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully expect him to to win. Yep. And move up the ranks. That that's going to be great. Um, let's see who's right above that. Hermanson to Leeds. Yeah. Oh yeah. We already talked about that one. Yeah. Um, Eric um, Anders. Yeah. Eric Kyle. Anders. Kyle uh, Duakis. That should be that should be a good fight. I mean, depending on how it all works out, both those guys. Um, you know, our game. So uh, should be a good middleweight fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a fan of Nico Price. He's got a tough fight against Phil Rowe, but you know, Nico's always entertaining. Phil, so. yeah, this, yeah, he he's a wild man. Phil Rowe probably should be the fav- betting favorite. I don't know if he is, mm-hmm. but dude, Nico throws stuff you don't prepare for. No, and he could totally take out Phil Rowe. Absolutely, one hundred percent. He definitely could. Um, Angela Hill, big fan. Really interested to see her fight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, me too. Then Clay Guida, you know, he's fighting Holtzman. I don't know. I mean. Like, is he trying to. That's who Frankie should have fought. Dude, that's literally what I was just going to say. It's literally what I was just going to say. Like, I mean, if anyone's going to give Edgar's record for in-ring time a run, it's going to be Clay Guida, right? should be, the carpenter. I mean, yeah, both of them have fucking, you know, years and years. But instead he's fighting this Holtzman dude. Holtzman's going to fucking hose him. Um Michael Johnson versus Mark. Um. I feel bad for Michael Johnson. Like Michael Johnson has, he's another one of those fighters. A lot of skills, right? Yeah. Like he's, I mean, he's got a knockout over Poirier for goodness sakes. Like th- this is a guy who's who's got some legit wins. Doesn't have a great overall record because no. for whatever reason he may not always Win show up. Win some and lose some, yeah, exactly. But, but no, I totally expect Mark to Casey to go in there and and knock him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, exactly. I mean. Man, I know, I know. It kills me because Michael Johnson is one of those guys that like should have should have got more accolades than yep. he did. Yep. Like he just, you know, what I'm saying he's had he's given some of the fighters some of the t- toughest fights when he fought Habib and he was fucking landing yes. on Habib. I mean, yes. fucking like Habib was getting fucking bombed on <laughs> yeah. in that fucking fight. You know, the fact that he fucking knocked out fucking Dustin Poirier, who's you know still at the top. I mean. <laughs> That's why whenever I see him on the card, I'm like, oh, man, you know, but you're right. But, I mean, it's it's a lot of what have you shown me lately, and yep. I don't know. And so, yeah, and, Mark, and I like uh, Mark DeCasey. I, I like him. I think he's a great mm-hmm. fighter. So, I mean, that should be a great fight. Darren Elkins um, is gonna is fighting. The um, damage, dude. I know. I know. He's fighting on the undercard. It's uh, tough watching that guy fight because he 
always gets bloody, dude. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. He uh, gives you your your money's worth of that's blood. That's the one you don't like. When he comes on, you tell your girlfriend to go make some food in the kitchen. You just like you don't want to watch this. <laughs> you like you really this. don't want to watch this. No, nah, you don't want to watch it. Um, but then it, even you know the uh, woman's flyweight Tracy Cortez versus Amanda Hebos. Should be a great fight. Yeah, they're they're closely ranked. I think they're really close in skill. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that's going to be a really good scrap. I'll be interested to see who comes out on top of that one. Yeah. So, yeah. So And there's a lot of other fights on the card. Looks like a really great card. Uh, BKFC has their 34th card also this weekend. Uh, the champion, Luis Palomino, is going to put his belt on the line versus Showoff. Uh, what do you think? Well, so so Pelomino's a former UFC fighter, right? Former UFC okay. fighter, uh, former um, World PFL? Series of Fighting. World Series, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it was, yeah, World yeah. Series. PFL, same that's thing. Where, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, Had all those wars with Gaethje. That's, what, that's exactly yeah. where I was yeah. going with this. Okay, that's this is how I know. Okay, so... I don't know. I don't know Showoff. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. So mm-hmm. when I, I on first glance, I want to say, well, I think Palomino's going to take this, me too. But. Yeah, I mean seven and zero. Oh, he's shown to be a fucking, uh, you know, an element, uh, a fucking an element to deal with. He is in BKFC. He has been nothing less than just the top of BKFC. He's had many fights. Uh, you know, he's won all of his fights. Obviously, he's the champion. He's proven himself over and over again. Um, I really would favor him. You never know, and time is catching up with him. He's right. not getting any younger, True. but at the same time, yeah, I definitely would favor him to um, to take the belt or to retain the belt rather. Um, but then also the co-main event, the middleweight championship, my fucking Paisan, you know, uh, <laughs> Richie, he's uh, he's gonna be fucking you know <clears throat> fighting for the title. So I yeah. mean, um, that should be a great fight. Um, and then also, you know, there's a lot of other scraps. That's the thing about BKFC, too. You don't necessarily need names. The yeah, card don't. can put together fighters, and fighters can, you know, make no, their way up out of it. So No, you're absolutely right. You had some uh, BKFC. You had the, the UK BKFC mm-hmm. uh, in the background when we started recording this, and I was just glancing over there, and I didn't know any of these guys, but they were... Dude, there's some nasty knockouts, like, yeah. and it's yeah, it's a super entertaining card to watch. So. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah, you don't really care about the names. No, so it should be good. Um, but those two fights definitely super interested in them. Um, and then you know, uh, K1 World Grand Prix 2022 Japan. Um, that's also this weekend. Don't really know any of the names on there, but it looks like it's going to be a uh, one night um, eight man tournament with a reserve fight. So, uh, looks really good for anybody who's never got to see one of those, uh, world grand prix. I would definitely tune in to watch it. Um, all things considered, if I have a couple of free hours in this this weekend to watch a little bit more fights, I'm definitely going to tune in and uh, see this. Um, the world grand prix are really for K1, the pinnacle of the sport. They always have been. Um, you know, back in the day, they had some of the best fighters in the world fighting in K1, uh, you know, with all the different fight promotions and with kickboxing not really being, you know, where it's at today, where it used to be. Um, that's not so much the case, but at the same time, still a lot of game opponents and you never know about who's going to come out of this, what, how that's going to end up working, who these fighters are going to end up transitioning into fight later. I mean, look at fighters like Alex Pereira, look at Cosmo Alexandre, look at, there's a lot of these fighters that now they're getting the accolades, but back then nobody was paying attention while they were, you know, cutting their teeth. 
So well, and they've seen that they can make the transition yeah. now, right? Like yeah. the, once you see a couple of them be successful, you're like, hey, well, this can be done. Yeah. So yeah, so that's going to be this weekend. So definitely keep an eye on that. But um, yeah, man, a lot of great fights. I mean, I'm going to make a push to watch it. There's a lot of things I like about it. One, the tournament style. Two, it's kickboxing, so you're going to see knockouts if that's your thing, which it is mine. Yep. Um, it's going to be in Japan, yep. which always you know, is a great place for these people love fighting in Japan. Just ask them, and they'll tell you. Yeah, just I feel like a lot of good reasons to try and make a push to catch that card if you can. Yeah, exactly. So if you're going to watch 1K1 card of the year, it's definitely the World Grand Prix. The World so. Grand Prix 2022. Yep. And with that, we will bid you adieu until the next one until number six but number five in the books man fucking blowing through awesome so, what can i yep so i uh, appreciate everybody tuning in until next time this has been scrapcast